The podcast which you are about to hear is politically incorrect and offensive. The opinions expressed by the three assholes recording it are done so solely for comedy purposes. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Whiskey Reel. Four and three and two and one. No reason, no conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of good or evil. If what you say is true, the Shaolin and the Wu-Tang could be dangerous. Your mother sucks big fucking elephant dicks. Got that? Come on now, dog. You know I give you the mad, fat, superfly, stupid, dope, dumbass, retarded, bomb shit props. Take a big step back and literally fuck your own face! Boochcraft is sponsored by Man Buns. <laughs> man Buns. <laughs> We're boochy as fuck. I'm a boochy ass bitch. You boochy motherfucker. <laughs> you boochy motherfucker. You the boochiest motherfucker I ever met. <laughs> Pass me another boochcraft. <laughs> the boochiest. What flavor is that? Cantaloupe and patchouli. <laughs> You'll love it. Cantaloupe. Oh, why is there not a cantaloupe kombucha I don't, I don't out on the market? It should exist. Gross. It's the world's worst melon. What, cantaloupe? Ugh. You're an insane person. I'll eat some honeydew. A ripe cantaloupe? Mm, Maybe a little black pepper on it? I like cardamom. Turmeric. <laughs> turmeric? I like turmeric on my and cantaloupe. dragon fruit. Power it down with some fucking boochcraft. <laughs> I like jackfruit. And pink peppercorns. Oh, man. I've always liked Starfruit because of the name. <laughs> but it's what it implies. It's a dog shit fruit, it's by the way. It's a dog shit fruit. It's great for decorations. Like, I used to use it as a garnish. But have you ever tried to eat a Starfruit? I have. And hey. it didn't taste good. <laughs> Did it taste like batteries? <laughs> Did it taste like a 9-volt? It depends on the situation. Hey. Depends on how boochy she is. Oh, man. So, we... According to Disney Studios, right, are living in the multiverse. This is officially the season of the multiverse. So I recalled an episode of Community that came out a few years ago, which was really entertaining, where Jeff rolled a six-sided die to determine who had to go to the door to pick up the pizza that the delivery guy was dropping off. Okay. And when he did it, Abed claims loudly that you realize you're now creating six different timelines, to which he was, you know, obviously oblivious. Unimpressed. (laughs) (laughs) But the funny thing about that show, the conceit therein was that did we end up in the the evil timeline? The bad timeline. The bad timeline. I mean, my question to you, <laughs> to all of us all that of are us. enjoying kombucha and what have you. If you're wearing your finest bucci, did we somehow end up in the bad timeline? Everything is bad. <sighs> Feels, I mean, look, here we sit upon, you know, upon our ivory tower of privilege um, you know, and and we are in Cloud City, and That's we, lovely. you know, we shake our fists at the clouds, and we have the time to do that because we're in a pretty damn good state of existence. We really, but are. looking around, uh, it's hard not to think 
We're at least not in the best timeline. <laughs> <laughs> the, the seas are rising. Uh, yeah. Coastal communities are disappearing. Yes. Um, and I want to move to an island. That's I where I'm at. I still know people that are currently, today, isolated with a pandemic. Another variant. Yeah. We know two yeah. right off the top of our heads. And we won't say. Two of our closest people. Yeah. Are down. Yeah. They are I don't, locked down. I, I don't think I don't think Sean Mo would mind saying because he'll tell anybody that is in earshot. But he got the Rona. Certainly within texting distance. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He got By the, the way, that stream of consciousness shit that he threw at us last night from Halo. Dude. My boy was imbibing. <laughs> he was on <laughs> he that was vapey on vape, one. dude. That he vapey was, was vaping. One. Oh, my um, gosh. But, oh, but that girl's got a big nose. Oh, but I liked her in this, and I liked her in that. And, and if I, he, I mean, he sent out a goddamn, I mean, into the void, into the darkness, because both of us were, like, in bed, <laughs> ignoring that motherfucker. <laughs> I think he sent out hashtag Bucci life, yeah. hashtag, he was just, creating things to send <laughs> it was awesome i mean it's, we love it but we, no he went down with the rona um and he's gonna be quarantined for a few days another young lady you know yeah just she went and down her daughter after her daughter already yeah, went down yeah, so went down this is not gone um obviously um just you know like we like to say if you're vaccinated the symptoms are obviously not going to be as severe um, but it doesn't mean you're out of the weeds. Um, no, by virtue not by that. any means. Um, our good friend who owns uh, Mountainside, <laughs> Mountainside Studios, Studios? Um, he caught it a couple of weeks ago, maybe yeah. three weeks ago. Yep. Kicked his yeah. ass. And he's boosted and juiced it. The whole way. Um, it just yeah. hits people different, man. I, I don't know. You had it prior. This like, is the darkest timeline it's it's pretty fucking dark dude um i know you when we'll talk more about dr strange later but do you think with the 66 billion scenarios he ran through his head um how so it was either this or thanos that was our choice so yeah we're definitely going to talk about (laughs) dr strange but like if you recall from Avengers Endgame. He uh-huh. says very clearly, or not not from Endgame, but from uh, in, Infinity, uh, Infinity War. Wars. He says there's only one way, mm-hmm. which means every other multiverse, every other variation is fucked. Was fucked, right? So is that where we're at? That's a hole in the plot, right? We're one of the fucked ones. That's a hole in the plot. I don't know if it's a hole in the plot. It just it raises so, the stakes. Maybe we could talk about this in the body, but we my issue. With Doctor Strange. Well, we we're not getting to Doctor Strange. Yet. Okay, okay. Well, we'll talk about this in we're the. We're gonna talk about the. I got beef in the Medea. I have a, I do have a little beef with Le Strange. The, um, <laughs> Monsieur no, Strange. The overall direction of where we're going in Marvel. Okay, we'll talk about it later. We posited that if certain things occurred during our lifetime, we're old ass men. Even the minor little things that have transpired over the course of our history over the last 50 years, like we were joking, like, what if uh, John Kerry didn't windsurf? What if (laughs) Howard Dean didn't scream? Sure. What if Michael Dukakis didn't ride in a tank? And by the way, for you younger guys out there, 
These are all things that happened to uh, political candidates that destroyed their candidacy. What if Ralph I've, Nader died in a Chevette? <laughs> Why a Chevette, dude? I don't know. What, no, what was the car that he actually railed against? That oh, was, uh, that's right. Uh, there I was a car that. that he publicly was trying to because get, it was going to explode, and 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 it brought him like the reason we know who the fuck Ralph Nader is was because of like consumer protection. Yes, he right. created the concept. Right. Of consumer protection. Well, basically. Th- there was the 67 and a half Mustang that came out that had the Corvair. Corvair. It was the Corvair. And that was a bitching car, by the way, but it was going to kill you. It was also a death trap. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so was Tesla, but people. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. They're oh, by the way. Just saying. There's been a lot of Elon Musk. Oh, we're going to touch on that. I will write that down. Yeah, write that down because um, we talked. We're going to do a follow up. Because there's been a a follow up on his Twitter takeover. Yeah. Anywho. But for different timelines, so many things. And this is the, the beauty and the wonder and the mystery of living and life is that. You know, the old adage, butterfly flaps his wings sort of thing, um, and it's ripples in a pond. But you think about these small little instances. What if the last two Republican presidents that were nominated actually depended on the popular vote instead of the Electoral College? We might be in a different place. And this is not, look, I just railed against Nancy Pelosi. Um, I'm not saying that Democrats are necessarily perfect by any stretch. They're really shitty people. However, at this point right now, you'd be a fool to think they're the same. They're not. And I'm not excusing the other side, but like. So you mean the Bill Maher assertion that these people are just all the same? And Bill Maher, by the way. Our little dear leader of the lefties <laughs> over the last 20 years has concrete put his foot planted on the side of the right, as far as I'm concerned. He wastes so much time denigrating Democrats, and it it to the point now where it feels like Rogan did the same thing, too, where it felt like you were on the side of the right side of history. Yeah. And then you turn into it almost feels like old. Like I said, it's all boomer shit. It's like old men screaming at clouds. And why don't we? And it's like, dude, like you were spending so much time tearing down the left that you forget that when push comes to shove pound for pound, you know who the shitty people are. You do. I know. Especially now. I guess I would say before we move on to talking about booze and having fun. um, (laughs) You don't want to talk about different timelines? Given enough leeway, (laughs) I would get around to criticizing people to the point where they would look at me the same way. I'm not Joe Rogan. I'm not Bill Maher. But I do have different perspectives than you do, for instance. Or a lot of our listeners do. Or whatever. I mean, on different issues. Like, there are things where I... Draw a line in the sand. And I'm sure. like, no, wait a minute. I don't actually agree with this. Right. No, and that's... You know what I mean? That's all well and good. Yeah. However, your motives aren't the same motives. I'm not a Bernie Sanders Democrat. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. I'm... Well, Bernie Sanders isn't a Democrat either, but 
You have True. to fall within two parties. That's interesting. He's, he's a, a socialist. He's a social, uh, uh, democratic socialist. He's a yeah. He's, he's a, a, a Scandinavian sock dem. Yes, right. Yes. Um, he's more of sock dem. And I agree with than a true so socialist. much. But it's also, those times I'm like Bernie. Shut up. I know, but it, if it. you if you listen, I know, but that's the unfortunate part is because his his viewpoints are so fantastical that it hurts your brain to think about trying to achieve it. Like some of it is there, like there's no like incremental path to what he's talking about. He he just wants it done. He he would have had some things from executive order that would have made course. things a lot easier, like literally erasing student debt. Like right off the bat, I'm not convinced that's not going to happen. I think that actually could happen. I'm. I don't think he. I think. I think. I think. If as, anything, as, as these 20, polls start to come in, as 24 starts to approach, he still has some fucking Trump cards. No, no pun intended. No pun intended. But he has. He has um, some cards he can play that would change. Canceling the game. student debt will be the biggest tax decrease. Essentially, it's not a tax, but follow me on this. Economically, this will be like giving the middle class the biggest tax cut in the history of tax cuts right. ever. And do you know what the unfortunate byproduct of that is? If anybody takes the time to understand inflation, which people say is a yes. scary word, it's going to increase inflation. Yes. I, I, I wish every, I mean, I wish I knew more about it. I'm trying to do my due diligence to learn about what actually inflation is because it's so drastically different than what is portended in the media um, about what inflation is. And when you see these numbers, inflation's going up. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Not necessarily. Um, so any anyway, I'm saying there's going to be, if he did that, I think there would be a huge amount of the population that would, applaud and then there would be another talking point for the right to say he simply doesn't care about inflation which is their one of their last few issues that they're grasping yeah is it's a highest inflation in 40 years without understanding some of the good stuff that you would also there. be making the biggest adjustment in income to for this middle, country 100%. for the middle class I'm a, that has I'm a fan. ever happened. I say fuck all the dumb shit. So in the inflation it. means very little when all of a sudden people yes. have disposable income. And they can buy if stuff. We somehow, in this fantasy world, in a better timeline, eliminated medical care from people's, uh, and I don't mean people, I mean businesses. Yeah. If we removed the burden of healthcare from small and medium business owners in this country, can you imagine the economic benefit of having these companies now be able to hire X amount of people every yeah, fucking year? I, I, it, because the burden is held by business owners. Understood. I they work for pay one for healthcare in this country. I, I work for one. Which of is them. I get it. Why don't Why don't Republicans actually run on that? It's funny because this whole thing is because we're so scared of single pair. We're um, so scared of the S word. Yeah. Yep. Socialism. So is a scary word. Yeah, look at the VA. It's Socialism. By the way, I I understand the VA. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. My dad got all of his cancer removed by the VA. Yeah, pretty um, awesome. But that's too social. Anywho, who the hey, fuck guys, are we, Aaron? I love you all. We apologize in advance. No, we're having this fun. This is a fun convo. Is 
the Whiskey Reel. This is the riskiest of wheels and the whiskiest of reels. Welcome back. We are hot. We are getting hot up in here. It is summertime. We're feeling beautiful. We're still judging you all from our perches. High above the Earth's crust, we are in Mountainside Studios, looking down on all of you from Cloud City. We are booching, and if you don't booch, then you don't do shit. Word. Um, <laughs> word. Um, we are in Cloud City. We're about to have a wonderful show. We got that out of the way, so we're going to go hard into some media because that's what you all like. Um, I do want to say special shout out to um, Kyleen. I want to say a special shout out to uh, fucking Nolan and Kelly who are getting married in town in about three weeks. They promise they're going to call in and they still lie. You're liars. Liars. Um, and uh, last but not least, I'd like to say give a shout out to DJ Tones. Local DJ, performer. He actually opened up for Brother Brother Ali in town. He's a legit hip-hop head, and he's a pleasure to work with. And he's a new listener to us, so uh, love you, Tonesy. Um, And we were going back and forth about Kendrick Lamar, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, we will. But anywho, we went to our sponsor, which is Introduce Us. Oh, did I not do it? No. I said Whiskey Reels. It's the whiskiest of reels in the What's your fucking reels. name? Oh, sorry. What's my name? I don't know. See what I'm doing? <laughs> I'm being a producer. <laughs> you might <laughs> You might know you might know him as the Sultan of Booch. That's his new moniker. He's super boochy. I am boochy. Um you might know him as the Bobby Duke. The Honey Vadger, you might know him as Bobbeth Van Noyes, or if you really, really know him, like three people in a row knew him on Maine while we were trying to go do our gerb, you might just know him as Hey Bobby. Yeah. Hey Bobby. That's it. Hey Bobby. And he throws a quick high five and he gets to stepping. Uh, this is a man <laughs> that cannot expose his skin to sun or he explodes. This is oh. one of my best friends. This is Bobby Van Noyes. Hi, guys. I have an appointment next week. Do you really? Oh, I'm sorry. To, uh, you, it's funny you Too mentioned soon. that. Too soon. It's funny you mentioned that. I just know. I have what looks like to be a Come on. malignant melanoma <laughs> on my leg. And I hate to it's say fine. this, but again. Caught it, caught it wicked early. Okay. Um, I'm apparently going to be doing this for the rest of my life. Just monitoring my skin your and, uh, body does not like sun um i will say this this is an area <laughs> at all this is an area on my body that does not get exposed to the sunshine it's just is it your booch i, <laughs> I started the booch too late in life and uh, uh <laughs> so anyways uh thank you my friend sorry I didn't you, mean to bring uh, that up too soon and like no, touch a nerve. It's fine. Who cares? Okay. Whatever. I'm going to live. It'll be fine. Of course you will. For you at least salty six cunt. Um, across from me, my dearest friend, my brother in arms, my brethren. Brethren. Uh, Sir Antonio Branders, who today is the, the scythe of hyperbole. <laughs> wow. That was a lot to unpack. No, that was a lot to unpack. Uh, <laughs> Um, he is the hammer of destruction, Tony Montanus. 
Wolfgang Fuck. Yeah. All of those things. Um, my buddy Aaron Brandis. Hey guys. Um, we are back in action. Sorry, I got so excited about the rest of the show, I forgot our job. No, it's okay. That's what happens. I just I'm like a kid in a candy store getting you know, accosted by an older man. Well, so, I get it. Like, so I've been <laughs> mostly sober for the last few weeks. Yeah. And except when you get here and then you walk out and you go, wow. Well, when we show up at our friend's uh, establishment, El Moro. El Moro. Um, El Moro Saloon and uh, Tavern. If you guys haven't been there, by all means, please make a visit to our friends. Yeah, if you're in, um, if you're in Durango, that is literally one of the best places to go, even just for a drink, especially just for a drink. But if you want to get some food, they do a very good job. Their they service do. staff is on point. It's fun. It's a great, great restaurant. Yeah, they're a bunch of lowly people. They have a, a fun little historical perspective on the town of Durango. Mm-hmm. Going back to like 1906. Like right. They have stories they can tell you about that establishment. Um, I mean, obviously, they haven't been open since 1906, but it is a recreation of an old school turn yep. of the century saloon. They do a great job. Um, back in 1906, it was the El Moro Saloon, <laughs> and a bunch of people got shot there. So there was hookers and fun, and <laughs> it was a. Uh, Why didn't it, they just call it Hookers and Fun? Uh, because that's the title of my autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> mm. However, so, we go to our dear friends over at the Wagon Wheel. Um, Wagon. Uh, we call them sponsors. They, they are they're sponsors. good friends of us. Um, we decided to pick out a little bottle of something that wasn't an Irish whiskey this week. Go we figure. wanted to indulge ourselves in something closer to home. Which... What'd you get, my friend? We did, but we didn't. Bobby spotted this bottle kind of hiding amongst all the many bottles at Wagon Wheel. They got a ton of product there. They pack a ton into a small spot. At this point now, Bobby and I are like Norm walking into Cheers. It's kind of fun. Um, Yeah. We just kind of yell at everybody and talk shit. We have a great time. That being said, nobody has ever seen this (laughs) bottle in the history of ever. Yeah. Your eye caught it, and you're like, what the fuck is this? Pick it up. It's called Nelson's Greenbrier, Greenbrier in quotes, Tennessee handmade sour mash whiskey. Which, okay, if you know anything about Tennessee whiskey, sour mash is kind of, that's it's, the it deal. It seems redundant, That's right? the deal. So, in our line of work or Bobby's old line of work. He doesn't do it anymore, but he remembers the pain and suffering of being behind the stick. I'll be doing it soon. Tennessee whiskey (laughs) is a big deal in as much as you can't call yourself Tennessee whiskey without Jack Daniels giving you the green light. Yeah. They own it. Uh, They've trademarked that shit. So when we saw this, we're like, wait a minute, we've never heard of this. Really, the only Tennessee whiskeys that are allowed to call themselves that, as far as we knew, were Jack Daniels and Dickle. George, George Dickle. Dickle. Um, so when they put it on the label, I'm like, what the fuck? So Nelson's is the actual, it, it's actually called, wow, Chaz and <laughs> W.A. Nelson, which yeah. I'm, I would assume Charles, Charles. and W.A. Wilson Tennessee whiskey. <laughs> 
We read the back, and apparently they've been doing this shit since 1860. So they were, if they're doing the same recipe, they don't necessarily need to be in the same distillery. But if you're doing the same recipe within the state of Tennessee, they probably petitioned and got grandfathered in, which they obviously did. I don't know how new this is to the market, but it can't be old. No, I've never seen it. So lastly, 91%. Okay, so you know you're dealing with a tiny bit of fire. What do you think about it, though? So it definitely tastes like Tennessee whiskey. There's no doubt about that. But there's something different about it's like it's a it's mouthfeel and it's it's more viscous. I don't know. It's more viscous. It's a little heavier on the mouth. Um, It has a opaque quality to it. Um, I don't know if that's the right word, but you can't see through it necessarily the way you can. I think a lot I figured of, out why. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, why Why would that I be? I think I'm looking at it in the bottle and I'm looking at it in the glass and I think temperature affects this. I think ah. the colder it gets, the more cloudy it gets. And I, I think that's a that denotes a particular quality a molecule within it. I just don't know what it is. We've all had drinks that when you make it cold, they cloud, right? Burnett. Um, Fucking absinthe. So Absinthe louches. It turns milky. Well, and one thing that will cause a cloudiness in a cold liqueur is sugars. Right. And I'm not saying this is over-sugared. It's not. By any stretch. And like Bobby said, he it tastes Tennessee. He might be able to taste it. I don't necessarily, it tastes like American whiskey. This tastes like, it doesn't, I I would never pull out the fact that it was Tennessee, only because when you're tasting Dickel, (laughs) or you're tasting Jack Daniels, you know exactly what's in your fucking cup. Well, this tastes like just American whiskey, and it's, for 91 proof, little hot, we dilute it with some ice. This is not horrible. Man. No, it isn't. The only reason I say it tastes like Tennessee is because Tennessee has a profile based upon the mash bill. And um, the charcoal and... Now, yeah. nothing tastes like Jack Daniels. Because, thank God, nothing tastes like Jack Daniels. It tastes like funk. I don't like it. I think that's the word we've never always used with Jack Daniels Never products. like it. Super funky. I don't give a shit if it's Gentleman Jack or whatever you throw at me. It has its own different. And I get it. Like some people absolutely fucking love. Hanky stanky. Crave and need that funk. Hanky stanky. He's a Jack guy. It's not hot. It's just funky. Yeah. I don't. mm, Yeah. It tastes like. It tastes like. foot in it. Whiskey that's been poured through a fire that went out. Yeah. And back into a glass. Supercharged. It's just something. It's over the top for me. It, it, it's unnecessarily clunky. Yeah. It has no refinement, which a lot of people like. They want they want to get to the point. And um, this has a degree of refinement for a sour mash that you don't typically find. Yeah, it's um, nice. It's for 91 proof. Uh, for being Tennessee sour mash, we don't know the mash bill on this, uh, but you know what you're dealing with. You're dealing with corn, you're dealing with barley, and you're dealing with fucking rye, and the rye is probably s- super small, I want to say. Because I say that, the price of this was coming off the shelf like 27 bucks. Yeah, super cheap. 
This is not an expensive bottle of fucking whiskey, but I think for you bourbon guys out there, I know bourbon people are so far up their own ass with bourbon that that's I, I'll, it's all I drink. Um, they won't even approach a whiskey yeah. unless it's bourbon um, or scotch. Um, get out of your own asshole. I hear the, the, the air is great out there. Yeah. Go touch some grass and drink some stuff that doesn't necessarily fit within the you know parameters of what you consider quote unquote good. I think it's important to know that there's other whiskey producers out there doing things that almost mirror what you enjoy without the cost and without the hullabaloo and without the fanfare. Sure. This doesn't have any fanfare. This is just whiskey. Um, and it's a good sipper. I would, I would characterize this based upon the price, based upon the quality of the product as a definite buy. Oh, 100%. I would just throw in the caveat that I, I don't think this is something I would need in my home bar. I don't think so. But it would but be fun as to a bring, one-off. If you're going to a bachelor party or yeah. some bullshit like yeah. that, and you want to bring a bottle, just this pick is up a, a weird bottle. Thirty bucks. Nobody will have ever tried it. And honestly, even if you took it from the neck to the neck and had no glassware, you'd have somebody pull off this, and it's not going to make you fucking hork. No. It is a nice, yeah. balanced, easy drinking. Um, it feels a little hot in the beginning. Like Bobby and I were both like, woo. Yeah. But that's what happens when you have your first whiskey of the day. It should make your butthole pucker. A little bit. That's what you should do. Um, should give you pause. But <laughs> Nelson's Greenbrier, Tennessee, handmade, sour match whiskey. Yeah, it's a mouthful. Um, mouthful. It's a mouthful. Uh, it's a mouthful. It's It's viscous. It's rich. It's round, uh, but once you get a couple sips in and get your palate adjusted, it's not a bad drink. Man. Available at Whiskey Wheel. At the R- at the at the Whiskey Wheel. Wow, we're gonna start. So I just conflated our two things. <laughs> I'm gonna open wow. a wagon store. wheel. I'm gonna the open Whiskey a- Wheel. Recommends that you get this from <laughs> Wagon Wheel. I- so many W's. <laughs> I'm gonna open another liquor store right next to Wagon Wheel called the Whiskey Wheel. Wow. Do you the think riskiest of wheels. The riskiest of wheels. And yeah. we're just going to have risky shit in it. Ooh. <laughs> That's like all that. it is. I like that. Nothing, nothing basic. And we record live if you, every Friday every afternoon. Friday. <laughs> <laughs> if you're coming in for Svedka, we don't have it. That's next door. Yeah. At you know the what wagon I mean? wheel. The wheeliest of wagons. The wheeliest of wagons. Of course. Um. Anyway, that's never going to happen. Some skull. Bobby, <laughs> skull. Or Bobby and I have thought of 47 businesses drinking together. None of them are going to come to fruition. None. But Zero. they're out there in, in different multiverses. They are. They exist in different dimensions. Different timelines. That's quantum theory, dude. Different timelines. Welcome like to that. the club. I know. We're the quantum <laughs> podcast. We're the quantum theory. So... <laughs> Speaking of which, yeah, we touched on this in the intro, yes. obviously. Yes, obviously. You want to jump in? Yeah. Oh, you want to go right in? I th- well, I mean, we're done with whiskey, Monsieur Strange. Yeah. Let's like, little Doctor Strange. Okay, let's go, and then we're gonna jump back out into something so, else. But go. First of all, disclaimer: you haven't seen it yet, which makes this rad. So you have to be very careful about. What I'm you going say. to be very careful. I won't spoil. But give me, give me some nuggies. 
But there are some fun little nuggets, the most of which are given through trailers and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, The most important thing about this film. Yes. By far. Is the fact that it is directed by Sir Sam Raimi. I don't know if he's been knighted. But. Of the, uh, <laughs> no, he has not. Um, of the Orange County Raimis? But anyone that doesn't understand who Sam Raimi is, a quick, quick uh, give refresher us course yeah. on Sam Raimi. Uh, this is the man that brought us the Evil Dead trilogy way back in the day. Thunderous applause, sir. Um Evil Dead 1, Evil Dead 2, and Army of Darkness. Unbelievable. One of my favorite cinematic trilogies of all time. You know what? You should buy a Korean poster of Army of Darkness. Hey, I got one. Oh, crazy. I got one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I it's so funny, that poster. I think it's actually Japanese. I think it's Korean. Is it Korean? Yeah. Nah, I don't you know. You can tell by the writing. Um, I can tell you that... <laughs> <laughs> that poster, because the star of the film, his name is Bruce Campbell, who, heard by the way, him. spoiler alert, heard of him. appears in the new I movie. Heard. I Very heard. Very briefly. I know It got heard. leaked. Um, Bruce Campbell is in the movie, so they feature prominently cans of Campbell's soup oh on God. the poster. I love it. So fucking cool, man. So cool. Those people are so amazing. What do you mean funny. by those people? Asian people from Korea, specifically <laughs> those people. Wow, they're dude, fucking got, amazing. You should have seen no, his I'm face. Gonna, no, I'm gonna double down. I love right? it. Like I love it. I didn't fucking make that poster. <laughs> Korean people made I just that poster. It. <laughs> no, actually, my brother bought that. Oh, yeah, it was Mark a very okay. special birthday. It's a it's a fucking it's the only it's thing really cool. that Bobby has on his walls that I will steal when he's dead. It's a really, really cool poster. But. So Sam Raimi gave us that. Yeah. Sam Raimi went on to give, a, you know, some like cool one-off movies like um, A Perfect Plan, uh, which was uh, what? You can go more Bill Paxton. Current. And, and uh, more current. He became, he came to prominence with some of the finest superhero movies we first saw. Yeah. Which were the first three Spider-Man movies. Yeah, man. Remember those? Um, At the time, Spider-Man 2 was considered probably the greatest superhero movie ever made. Which is crazy. because It was, was the like, most critically acclaimed. Wasn't that 15 years ago? Oh, dude, that was oh my God, 20? way longer than 15 20? years ago. Yeah. Fuck off. We're old. Shut up. Yeah. I hate it. Um, which featured Alfred Molina as Dr. Octopus, yeah. who was a good one. came back last year hey. for no the way home. Spider-Man No Way Home, which is a very multiverse kind of movie as well. Super setup. Um, yeah. So we're talking about a guy that, I mean, he's done some stuff like that Wizard of Oz movie, which was terrible. But and, he also did Drag Me to Hell, which was fucking awesome. Fucking awesome. So yeah. we're talking about someone with some chops, but we're talking about someone that is a very fucking specific style. Yeah, He likes what he likes. And how I he likes it. Shocked. And I mean shocked watching this movie. That Why? Marvel Studios, Disney, just said, you know what, Sam? Make the movie you want to make. Did he? Is that what happened? I I mean, it made it to print and it made it to no, my No, I'm asking you from but somebody is, who knows Sam Raimi. Is that what happened? This is an Evil Dead movie with <gasps> superheroes in it. Shut up. To the point where, as we mentioned before, Bruce Campbell's in it. 
Um, well, I would. I mean, I get the callback. There's a moment but... in this film where the voice acting is literally the voice actors from fucking Evil Dead Two. I guarantee it. What? I guarantee it. I freaked out. Okay. When I, which actually might actually be Sam Raimi okay. doing that voice. Let me ask you a question. Just because you oh, saw it. Oh, and his it, fucking car is in it. Oh, God. Yeah. The Crazy. car that has been in every, every Sam Raimi every film Sam Raimi ever film. made. Well, that's that's that kind of a... yellow piece of shit. Coop. Right. That's a through line that has been in every movie. My question to you is this. Outside of the Raimi-ness of it, um, take somebody who doesn't know Sam Raimi. Okay. Like, as intimately as we do. What... Coming off of the last Doctor Strange, what is what? It, what are you gonna see as kind of a neophyte, like walking into this not knowing the fucking backstory of okay. Sam Raimi? It's a Marvel property, so it has a couple of really big action pieces to it, um, set pieces basically. Right. Uh, so you're gonna get a lot of Marvel action to it. I will say this. If you're coming in as a neophyte that has never seen a Sam Raimi film ever, you are, and this is my review, going to be underwhelmed when you compare this to other Marvel properties because it is such inside baseball. Oh. What I was thrilled okay. about was the Sam Raimi-ness of it all. Okay. Along with some other, there's some beautiful little Easter eggs. There's some character reveals that are... Off the charts cool Does that will this... make you come out of your chair. Like, what? Like, they're setting up a lot of stuff. That was going to be my question. Yeah. Is this pushing forward the face? Yeah. Yes. It pushes it forward for sure, but also in some really weird Sam Raimi kind of shit. That's dope. I, well, I yeah. mean, I think I'm it's just dope. Telling, I, I just, and look, the reviews are overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. So, fuck it. It's going to make $800 billion. It's going to make $800 million. No doubt about it. Totally. Um, It's not going to be as successful as Spider-Man was. It's going to be, uh, you know, somewhere between Black Widow and Spider-Man. That's a long way between. That's a long way. Yeah. But it's an... does Okay. This is the one thing I'm discovering about Marvel that I never would have thought of as a comic book geek. As watching watching these Marvel properties, we just got done with Moon Knight. Um, watching all these Disney Plus properties, watching all these like Marvel cinematic features, I never thought we'd get to a point where we just appreciate that a property is pushing the story forward. Yeah, or that it stands alone, independent as a property. I thought the first Doctor Strange stood alone as a property. Yes, I thought it was strong enough to do that. Can you tell me the same thing with this next phase of Doctor Strange? Can it stand alone? I think it stands alone better. Mm. I think this is a more... Plus the Raimi or minus the Raimi? You know what I'm saying? Like well, That's the thing, man. You, you can't, can't separate it. You cannot separate this film from Sam Raimi. It bleeds Sam well, Raimi. I'm saying specifically... Every shot... Every scene is Sam Raimi. Is Sam Raimi. It's Evil Dead. It's, it's fucking Army of Darkness. Okay. I mean, it's not all callbacks. It it is a Marvel property. You you have a character. Um, I don't want to. Again, we're not going to get into spoilers. But I mean, like some very classic Marvel characters. Nice. And even some like younger Marvel characters show up in this property. And it does push the story forward, but you cannot separate it from its creator. Okay. They gave him so much latitude. Good. 
and let him make a Sam Raimi movie. He's going to make up. Like, there are scenes in this movie dollars. that are actually scary. There's heard, a moment heard, in this movie that is scarier than that bitch coming out of the fucking well in the ring. That is n- not possible. But, okay, was it as scary as uh, the Evil Dead remake coming no, out of the basement? fuck no, no. By the way, guys, one of the best horror movies in the last 20 years. That being said. Agreed. Uh, agreed, right? Super scary. That being said, I heard this movie described as Marvel's first horror movie. Definitely. Okay. I've I and there's one last thing too I wanna... scary to be PG thirteen. Yes, but the, not like no, it's not a fucking dude. It's no. not the Grudge. No, but but what I'm asking it's is better than the Grudge. No, the first Grudge. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about the original. No, grudge. I know. I know. It was scary I know. shit. It's still better. Um, okay. <laughs> um, not the fucking Michelle. No, Geller. I know. Okay. I know what you're. I've seen um, that movie. I know it's scary. It's better. So okay, it's better. <laughs> well, I'm. Ooh, Bobby. No, I See, know. I'm just This is why we this is why we almost come to blows every day. J horror underwhelms me. Okay. Can I say um, that? You can. You'd be foolish. Ringo is goofy as shit. It is. But it you also have many, many other movies that It's a rare occasion where I'm a saying. horror remake is exponentially better than its source material. The the ring being an exception because that it's was so well done on this side exception. of the fucking oh and pond. the Mich- Michelle what is her name Michelle, Michelle Geller. Sarah Geller, Geller Sarah Michelle Buffy. Geller Buffy Buffy that's um, her that movie's dog shit it's, it's dog shit horrible but the original was actually frightening the original is way better Doctor Strange is still better all right yeah are we done with that yeah tangential up, bullshit <laughs> I was saying talking about it is it a horror movie mm-hmm. my next question is this okay uh, and, and we're gonna do this on both sides because this is kind of a fun little thing we don't do true spoilers but we're allowed to ask one spoiler question oh okay is Deadpool in it negative fuck no Deadpool oh and let me <sighs> so we're doing anti-spoilers Deadpool is not in it. Fuck! Don't would've, give me an anti. Would have been kind. I'm going to give you one because okay, this fine. was a huge point of contention and something that came out of the first trailer. Shit! A lot of people weirdly jumped to, to what <laughs> there being like an ultimate Iron Man appearance and no. that Tom Cruise, my little biscuit, Tom Cruise <laughs> was going to show up in this film. Because he was rumored forever to be the original Iron Man. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, James Cameron, I think, right. was going to put Tom Cruise so, in the armor so what as happened? Tony Stark. That This wasn't happening. God and damn it. Of course not. Like, no, I, I, I'm, more, I'm still fucking, I'm still mourning over the fact that this would have been a great Deadpool introduction into the new property. It would have. But God damn it. They made three big intros. Okay. That's all I need to know. We're good. Yeah. Okay. This is carrying the mantle for some future properties. Um, oh, uh, a, a common trope in horror films. This is one reason it's a true horror film. Kills. We always talk about Friday the 13th properties. We talk How about many the, kills? We talk about the kills. Right. Not how many. 
How? Oh, how? What, what are the kills? How did they right. happen? There Same are, with Halloween, dude, Friday the 13th. What were the kills? There are a couple of kills in this movie that are fantastic. Fucking fantastic. But Raimi-esque. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. Because if you, again, Definitely. guys, if you're not familiar with Sam Raimi, we've mentioned a lot of movies. And if you're only familiar with him through the Spider-Man properties, this will make no sense. But this man has put together some of the most uncomfortable kills. Yes. And the funniest kills and the weirdest kill. Yeah. Like, he's kind of the progenitor of really uncomfortable kills. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to say it. He's an amazing so I'm, filmmaker. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. It's so much fun. I know some people are definitely going to hate this movie. And that's fine. Somebody's going to hate every but fucking movie. Whatever. Let them fucking hate it. I mean, if you don't, it does. It's not going to matter in the grand scheme of things. Like you say, it's going to make a billion dollars. Everyone's going to see it, and then we're going to move on to the next thing. And Dude. I have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen next. I think I know who the big good Marvel villain. I want to talk to you be. about that after I'm seeing it this weekend yeah. because I chose to see a different movie. Bring it. I was so pumped up for this after hearing the critical reviews. I didn't know that um, Dr. Strange was getting released on the same weekend. Yeah. So I had already bought tickets days before because I totally forgot that it wasn't, it was being released. Um, I got, me and Rex went to go see The Northman. Um, you haven't seen it yet. No, I have not. You have access to it now. I do. I'm going to okay. see it this weekend. Um, this by, is... by the time this drops, I will have seen it. Okay. I'm, we might be able to circle back and you can tell me. Uh, this is a film by Robert Eggers. This is the guy that brought you The Lighthouse. Super artsy A24 shit. That, the Lighthouse, The Witch, which Ooh. I contest is one of the... Most beautifully directed horror movies since I've been alive. Um, it's a masterpiece in filmmaking. I, I don't care if it got you bored and you don't care about the subject matter. But he exists in that A24 100%. world with like Ari it, Aster it, and all these guys. Yes, that but he even feels like he's... Make meditative horror. He has carved his own niche. This is a man who Hereditary. deals with... Right. I mean, that was Ari Aster. That was Ari Aster. But, but I'm just saying, they, they're like, the same studio, exactly, the same style exactly. of film. Exactly. The same um, style of that, film. That have brought you a lot of crazy shit. Neon and fucking Neon de Demon. Oh, yeah. Neon Demon. Um, there's a lot of weird shit the studio puts out. Um, but Robert Eggers, brilliant filmmaker. Uh, the Witch, one of my favorite things I've seen in a mm -hmm. long time. Lighthouse was the movie that made me understand that Robert Pattinson can act. Um, and Will Willem Dafoe can basically end his entire career on The Lighthouse. And that would be fine with me. However, he is in this movie, The, the Northman. Um, this is an old classic Viking 600 AD um Tales of Woe, um, and I'll go back to the Conan um, yes. a lot on this. This is a tropey movie. This is a young man um, who bad things happen to his family, and he spends the rest of his life 
harboring vengeance and revenge. Um, in a short, that's a short synopsis of it. Um, Skarsgård's in it. One of them. I can uh, never Ale- remember. Alexander. Alexander with yeah. an S. Yeah. Because he's a Skarsgård. The guy with the uh, penis. That. <laughs> There's well, other guys a, with a if penis. If you're a, a fan of True Blood. Oh, you know what I'm yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. And I actually, that was the first time I ever saw the guy. If, if you don't know, Skarsgårds seem like they're in every movie. They're very prolific. They are. Uh, they're, the Skarsgård name is ubiquitous in movies. <laughs> it really is. Um, he did a tremendous job. The acting in this, Nicole Kidman, Willem Dafoe, Ethan Hawke, um, all the A24 actors that have worked with Eggers, the guy who played the dad in The Witch, yeah. and the guy that played this and that. It was a tour de force of talent. Now, he's also known for lighting. Natural lighting only, yeah. which makes this movie very difficult to see if you're at home. Um, I know with my TV, I have to like adjust brightness on certain shit because of the way the sun hits. This is a movie that you may lose a little bit of it on your TV, which is why I'd say go to the theater to say it, except for this. Rex was a little underwhelmed when we saw this, and quite frankly, so was I. Um, I, th- I loved the tropes. I loved the fucking... Dude... If you know nothing about the Whisker, you know we are Conan fucking stands. We live and die by Conan. That trope was carried through with this movie, but they added 40 minutes to it that they didn't need to add. There was some ritualistic shit, Viking, like huffing and growling like animals and your body's transforming into an animal before you go in an attack. And it was really effective like the berserker berserker mythology and like true like i think they did their history on this oh they did it was a sight to behold uh skarsgård gained about 40 pounds his traps were up to his fucking temples and he was hunched over and growling like a bear and it was frightening and they were destroying people but from a story aspect um they, they, this movie is two and a half hours, and I don't know how many times I got to fucking say it. Cut the fat out. Stop beating off behind the camera. It was masturbatory at times. It didn't make it bad, but it could have been better if you just eliminated the extraneous bullshit. There was a, and granted, they were filming in Iceland, these beautiful cinematic areas, and everybody looked beautiful, and the shots going, panning back and forth were beautiful beautiful and there was some like fantasy shit but it wasn't really fantasy but it could have been stuff really kind of there was a lot of grandeur to this uh but it was dirty it was muddy it was gross and i loved it in that aspect but stop making two and a half hour movies unless you need to yeah Uh, i talked the other week about you know everything all the time all at once that needed every minute of that movie. Every minute of that movie was important to the story. You could have cut, in a movie with very little dialogue, you could have cut some of the extraneous shit out. The fight scenes were good, but everybody said they were coming over them. It wasn't come worthy. It right. was fine. Um, go look at Arnold Schwarzenegger fuck some fools up in 1984, and you tell me what's a better fight scene. Um There was a lot of tropiness. It's worth a watch for you dorks, 
but get know what you're getting into. There's going to be moments where you're like checking your watch. That's not a good thing to do in a movie. The movie was looked beautiful. They're, they're going to win some awards for either cinematography or direction. Um, the acting, Nicole Kidman might have given one of the best performances of her life um, in this. It was beautifully acted. It looked beautiful, but the story just fucking dragged, man. That was the only critique yeah, there, I had on that. There's something about that studio, though. They're very um, accommodating to their artists, and they allowed Eggers to go out and just make the movie that he set out to make. And he, I've read, you know, interviews, and I haven't, like I say, I haven't seen the film yet, and so I, right. don't, I don't necessarily right. have an opinion about it. Um, I do love the idea that we have a twenty-four. Thank you, Lord. That we, have a studio that will let you make a movie right. that maybe they know, well, we're not going to make a, you know, this is not going to be a billion dollar. And they're going to make a ton of money off know. of it. Oh, and then they already have. They've already, yeah. this, it's already a profitable yes. movie. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, and good, good on them, you know, and they're getting critical acclaim for everything everywhere. But I mean, it's, it's going to maybe win Oscars. I mean, like I, I think it will not for anything other than what I've mentioned, no. I believe. But uh, advance word is that that movie will get nominated for best picture. It might, it which won't would win. be a win. That will be a win in and know, of itself. Man. I think it'd be no, great. I mean, what I'm saying is that oh, just, just being the nominated, nomination. the nomination I, in and of itself, I, I think is a huge for win a for that studio. That man. is this kind of esoteric and this put apart. That would be great for for this studio and these directors to start getting the credit of how good they are. Ari Aster already has his pub. He already has his his he, following. He yeah. has his following. And he's a completely different style director than Eggers. Eggers is gonna do Eggers shit, apparently. So there's like a there's like a there's three guys that I think they're all kind of in the same family. Like I think Ben Wheatley, mm. Ari Aster. And and Eggers are Eggers. all part of this slow burn, a traditional horror people. Yeah, you know and, what I mean. And it's They're, funny because they dip their toe. It feels like horror is the comfort comfortable bathwater, but they get out and they jump into an ice bath. Yeah, now and then. Yeah, like they're not strictly built for. Th- but I think this genre lends itself. To creativity, unlike any other genre, I think horror allows you to be everything, whereas drama or comedy doesn't. I think horror allows you to literally engulf everything. And it goes back to what we were talking about with Sam. I mean, he he, he created his own genre of filmmaking. Yeah, he and then did. he was followed. Up. I mean, he did. Like no one had ever made the ever Evil Dead before. That. You know, the closest thing had been like something like Day of the Dead or even then they was trying to have some serious overtones. And the thing about Sam Raimi was he was like firmly like tongue firmly planted in cheek. I'm making a movie that I want to see. That's it. And that's what these guys are doing. And A24 is giving them the opportunity to make the films that they love, that they want to see. You know what I I mean? I just Eggers wanted a. He wanted to see a true Viking movie. A true Viking movie with all the fucking all the trapping. lore, 
all the all the dress, all the lore. It wasn't uh, glamorized to be anything. Even though Skarsgård was this badass warrior, the fight scenes felt like real fight scenes. It wasn't glamorized. Like, no. The one thing we love about Conan, he was such a badass that he would do these beautiful sweeping cuts with his sword, and yeah. five people would fall. And with this, it was tr- felt very true to life. Yeah. From a physics standpoint. But it didn't lose the fact that this was like a fantastical tale. I'd be really interested to see. Let's make an agreement. Next week, we'll come back and we'll give our 30-second recap. Yeah, yeah. I'll talk about Strange. You talk about the Northmen. Because I'm really interested to see what you would think um, versus what I'm thinking. I didn't tell you anything about the movie except the fact that it's exactly what you think it's going to be. Now becomes how are they going to get you there? Right. Right? And it was beautiful, man. But it was long. <laughs> but but again, Conan was in two and a half hours. And it told a tremendous uh, the story. director's cut's close. But you you know what I'm saying. I know what you're like, saying. It, I know what you're saying. They, didn't, they have to expedite the story and stop looking at men's abs in, in flame light. It's worth mentioning before we go take a break that this is the 40th anniversary of Conan the Barbarian, directed by Sir John Milius. Dun, 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 dun. He's never been knighted, but he's got my seal of approval. I would knight that motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, that was an amazing Listen, film. Um, maybe one day we'll we'll flash back to an old... Okay, so guys, before we really started doing this podcast, the reason this podcast, we called it The Real, R-E-E-L, is because we used to sit around while the movie was playing and comment on it in the background for copyright violation. So we would we'd say, start the movie, and then we would comment, and hopefully you guys would listen to it while you're watching the movie. Kind of a watch-along and then podcast. Watch-along yeah. podcast, which was kind of cool back in the day. This was years ago. Maybe we'll go back for the anniversary and do this with Conan. And just go through Conan. And go through Conan. I and we'll tell you movie. guys to start the movie at X point, and then... We will comment throughout the course of the movie, and maybe you can leave like one earbud in and still listen to the movie. That's how I would do it anyway, because I'm a psychopath. I don't know. But it, the cool thing would to like live broadcast over Twitch or YouTube or what have you. Why don't we do and that? And have people actively comment. Why don't that we would do be that? The, we could totally do something. Why don't like we do that? that. And it we're going to set like that a, up because an official episode. It would be a right social event. Right. The Whiskey Reel presents. And I'm a viewing of Conan the Barbarian. If any movie, 1982, bro. If any movie would be worthy, I was 10 years old. I didn't see it till 12. Um, but if any movie would be worthy of that honor, it's definitely on between top Bobby of my list. and myself. Um, that I mean, I like I. It got me. It so, got that was a very important movie for me as a youth. I saw it in the theater. See, I didn't see it because I had theater. a degenerate brother that took that me to you see to it. I didn't. Okay. I saw it on VHS. I wanted to see it. Um, I remember the story, and then we'll we'll go to break. Did the witchy sex scene set you off? Okay, so first of all, that scene. <laughs> Major hate Super women. Super fucking uncomfortable watching that with my mother in the room. 
Um, it, the uh, witch scene is fucking classic. amazing. Um, I remember being in the theater with my brother, and he was like, I'm going to tell you when you have to close your eyes. Okay. So one of my brother's degenerate friends was sitting on the other side of me. Right, and said, don't close your eyes? And he was like, no, he's like, don't close your eyes for this part. This is tits. He's like, it's yeah. okay for you to see tits, bro. Yeah. And I was like, thanks, bud. You know. Aside from the vampire teeth and the fucking... Yeah. So my brother would just tell me, close your eyes now, something adult's happening. And the other right. guy was like, no, 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 no. But then like when the girl gets her head cut off or like, yeah, you know what I mean? Happened. Then he was like, no, no, don't watch this. Don't watch right, this. Right, right, Your brother's right. right. right Don't right, watch right, this. Right. But this is some titties are about to pop <laughs> some out. Some titties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she turns into a huffing and puffing demon that changes colors and has Warrior. teeth. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, that girl was hot. Okay, we're gonna Guys. Go, we're gonna go burn. Um, we we have no sponsor this week. It's weird. Don't worry about it. Go watch Conan during the break. Yeah, this is brought to you by the spirit. <laughs> this is brought Conan to you by Conan. Conan. <laughs> Sometimes you just like the wind in your hair. That's in the director's cut. Yeah, bitch! So uh, I'm wiping away some tears. Yeah, We've been man, listening to sure. some stuff. Um, you guys can reach out to us at 970-426-5344. King Kunta. Catharsis. <laughs> 970-426-5344. Get it. Also, uh, we're going to have to call out some people. It's not. No, a, I already did. It's not a call to action this week. No, it's we're a call out. out. We're calling out. I know you guys listen. Foz, call. We got like, we got Kelly, like 400 call. listens this week. Oh, dude. We got, like one. Do- we got dozens of people that like us. Dozens. So one of you, grab a phone. Even if you say, hey, guys, I've been listening to this. What do you think? Even if it's you guys are totally wrong about that. Whatever you need to say, say it. We You don't need to get long and extraneous like we do. You just, just say feedback. something. How about say something? Anyways, we don't want to sound needy, but for Christ's sake, we've been no, doing it's this just, for four I'm, years. Uh, you know, you guys, a little tell, love. you guys tell me when you see me on the street. Exactly. But then you say nothing. I know. Like, say I something, know. man. I think, I think it's intimidating to call in and like leave actual feedback with your voice. I get So it. there's a lot of things you could do. You could go to iTunes and leave a review. Email, an email. Which who emails anymore? Some long form feedback. <laughs> you could use a typewriter would and be, a carry all pigeon. You could type it out and bring it to me. You yeah. know where I'll be. Um, but no, guys. In all honesty, we love some feedback. I did get some messages this week, but none of it was crazy relevant to what we're trying to talk about. Me too. Um, I got. I'm so sorry. I'll do that. Yeah, but yeah, I can't put we, that on a podcast. I know, you dipshits. We get a lot of that, but yeah. I need you to actually step it up. 
Um, we be love Bucci. you all. Be a part of the show with us. Try to be Bucci. Because I'll tell you this. I know this for certain. The people yeah. that love the Whiskey Reel love the Whiskey Reel. Right. They listen every week. On it, if if the show posts an hour late, I get texts. Yeah, good. Like, uh, what's going on? Did you guys not record this That's week? That's what's up. And I'm like, no, it'll drop. I it'll just have drop. To, you know, yeah, it's gonna happen. You know, it's I gonna happen. Just fucking relax. Sometimes I don't do things on time. <laughs> 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 but anyways, uh, um, also we're on social um, at the Whiskey Reel on Instagram. We're on Twitter at Whiskey Reel. We are out there. Uh, whiskey reel at gmail.com you can always send us an email again 970-426-534 is the easiest way to get a hold of us you can literally call us at the whiskey reel yeah we're like a fucking radio call-in show that's what's up weenie in the butt yeah Um, we're like terrestrial as as soon as papa gets more time trust me we're gonna be uh pressing because uh this man across from me and myself are uh ready Mm-hmm. For this next adventure, we've been getting a lot of sniffs, a lot of butthole sniffs by dogs. Oh yeah, and uh, we're 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 gonna be bringing some fucking mad heat soon. So, wouldn't you like to be on board first before we just big time all of you? Yeah, which we wouldn't do, but we're probably gonna do. Oh, and briefly, so, we, we have some big stuff coming up. Um, oh yeah. So we have an old friend of the podcast coming back next week, hopefully. Knuckles. Well, we have one or the other. It's going to be Knuckles or so Blake. It's going Af- well, it's going to be e- either explain, Sean Moriarty. Explain why. Okay, so here's the deal. Um next week, Top Gun Maverick comes out on Thursday. Um Depending on scheduling, we're still waiting to hear from our very, very busy friends, Blake and Jacqueline Crouch, um, as to their scheduling for this week. Jacqueline! Because as you guys may suspect, they are pretty busy. There's actually uh, production on a very big television show happening this summer. Um, They may or may not be heading out to Chicago very, very soon to start said production. They've run into a couple of bumps in the fucking road, you know, as these things happen. It's Hollywood, brother. Um, It is Hollywood. And they're either going to be here or they're not. Um, Regardless, though, Jacqueline and myself are going to watch Top Gun Maverick. And we are going to do a podcast with her. Well... And let me I don't give, think we're going to argue. Let me I think give, we're going to. You're so em- optimistic. We're going to embrace. And Let's be honest. This is why this is compelling. Jacqueline. Jacqueline Knuckles has a, 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 a deep, unprecedented anger against Tom Cruise. <laughs> and as you guys know, Bobby has put him on his Mount Rushmore of people. And I'm a they, true stan. You're a stan, dude. And they both know why they're doing it. I just want to see, once they see this movie, the two interact. That's all I want to see in my life. That's all I care about. The last um, thing I will say is that advance word on this movie is that it is fucking awesome. 
And I don't mean like it's good. <laughs> You're already laying the ground. No, right. no. I'm just that. saying like the advanced word from all the critics so thus far that have seen it, who probably in a lot of respects feel the same way Jacqueline does, that, you know, Tom Cruise is a problematic <laughs> individual, but this is an actual historic movie star turn for someone that's been doing it for 40 plus years. And I don't know. I'm excited to see it. Uh, apparently, the uh, the aircraft scenes in this movie have never been done before. It's something we've never seen before. No. Everyone that is writing a review of this movie, the first thing they all say is, well, it's fucking better than Top Gun. And that's... That's not possible. That's high praise. That's not possible. Because that's a fucking great movie look the tropey amazingness of what that movie is and it's a bunch of dudes playing sand volleyball with mad abs um (laughs) which is what kind of it's known as like a homoerotic thing but it really isn't it was just it's It's full dude bro it's full dude bro but it was so fun as a kid i saw that with my mom in the theater at 12 i think yeah and i was fucking blown away and excited i was like i want to be a pilot she was like you're not able to yeah because you have disabilities (laughs) and i was like that's fine mom (laughs) then you know what What i'm gonna do disabilities (laughs) i'm on the spectrum (laughs) and my eyesight's really bad oh fair. there's that that's fair and i'm not tall enough do you wear contacts yeah Oh, I didn't know that. I can't see shit. I didn't know that. I literally can't see shit. Even right now. Huh. You guys are all a blur to me, and I, I choose to keep it that way. I'm handsome. Uh, if I've you're heard wondering. stories. If you're wondering. Okay, guys. So, anyways, uh, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to get a visit from Mr. Sean Moriarty. He has promised as such. Um, if Jacqueline cannot make it to the opening night showing, Sean is coming with me. In her stead. (laughs) Which is appropriate. And then we will discuss a little bit while he joins us um, for two Tuesdays from now's uh, podcast drop. Then, then, and only then, do we get Jacqueline. Jacqueline. Knuckles. Knuckles McBuckles. Is going to be on the show again. By the way, one of our highest... Rated most listened to episodes. Well, she's fun because she history. She's fun because she don't care. She's and she she's smart. Don't and care. she's good at what she talks she about. Don't care. And girl can fucking bring it, man. I'm just saying she she's don't super care. entertaining. It's fun. We're gonna smoke a lake of lamb at their house soon. Soon. Just saying. So, uh, uh, I don't know if you heard about this, Aaron. <laughs> Um, I know where you're going. (laughs) Someone dropped an album yesterday. Well, yeah. Um, At midnight last night. Granted, we're recording on a on a Friday, so forgive our delay. And you'll get this on Tuesday. You're gonna get this on Tuesday. There's gonna be a lot of drama that has been whipped up um, in between this and that. Um, Kendrick Lamar, King Kunta. King Kendrick, Kung Fu Kendrick, K-Dot. He's got a lot of monikers. Uh, Kendrick Lamar, who is arguably one of the most important artists in hip-hop, in the last 10 years, just being kind, um, um, has released his first album in five years. 
Uh, it's called Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Um, sounds like a weird title considering the, the, the meat of what he's trying to talk about. Um, There's a young man who has grown in the last five years. It feels like he went to the mountaintop and got some obscure knowledge that we don't know and came back down and created an album. Now, talking about the, talking about the, the, the time we're in in the album, um, if you haven't lived life, you are going to hate this album. I'm going to say if you've had a relatively error-free life, don't listen to this album. It's not going to make sense to you. It just won't. This is music for grown-ups that have been doing grown-up shit. Um, and, and if you listen to it and you're one of those that have not experienced grown-up shit, you're, you're going to hate it, man. I don't, I don't know any other way to say that. He is talking about uh, toxic relationships, uh, uh, the un willingness to concede in his art he's talking about not being appreciated by um hip-hop which he did a little bit on damn as well which is his last album um he he gets into modes and sequences that nobody has ever done in hip-hop i am going to certify this as this is evolution in hip-hop this is a a sea change this is an artist doing artist shit. And I know like when Ye did Donda, that was like an artistic expression. He rented out a fucking auditorium. He dressed all crazy. He was doing a lot of shit. And that's dope for that. By no means is what this man laid down as tracks. Donda, that last Drake garbage that he put down or anybody else can even get near what this man is doing um go watch the video for part five just put in part five and you'll see the video he was making a statement this is a guy that has a couple kids now things are different he is um exploring his um humanness he's exploring his relationship with his father with his um significant other he's exploring relationships with his death um on such a high level i don't i can i can honestly say i've never heard anything like this no i know i'm a stan i know i'm a fan this is different guys no this is a this is a higher form of hip hop that we're this is not Rob Bass. <laughs> and I came to get down. You know what I mean? I'm not internationally known. Oh. Uh, yeah, this is not uh, this is not Rob Bass. This is this what's is... crazy though. We saw the genesis of hip hop. We saw the first hip hop track and now flash forward 30 years later, yeah, we've 35 seen... years later, and now we're seeing hip hop brought to such an incredible art form that we only thought that like rock or other genres of music could be brought to this. I'm telling every don't listen to it would unless it you're be, ready. Would it be insane to go so far as to say that we're hearing and experiencing the velvet underground avant garde side of hip hop in a weird way? I think it's because even, they're exploring something in a right, different way, right? And at a different 
rhythm. I th- I think it's more adaptable than that. I think Velvet Underground and a lot of bands that were important to music mm-hmm. never had their finger on the pulse the way that he does. He's bringing in collabs with Ghostface Killer. Oh, yeah. With Kodak Black, which I thought was trash until I heard the song he just did. Like, he's making me change my mind about shit. He brought in Beth from fucking Portishead. He brought in... Oh, yeah. Can we talk about that for a second? We're not going to play that track. No, because we'll cry. We were listening to it... We'll cry. ...during our break. I... Beth Gleason. Yeah. Who is... Uh, 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 like a demigod in the shoegaze world. Yeah, like, in the shoegaze world, she's a fucking she's, legend. She's, a, she's Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Um, he brought in guys like Baby Keem, which is, he had a great song with Family Ties about a year ago, which is his cousin. He had a song with Kodak Black that was amazing. He had a song with Summer Walker and Ghostface. Which was transcendent. Um, he's doing different things, guys. I don't know what to say. Listen to it. If you don't like it, you don't like it. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say this. If you don't like it, you don't understand it. You just don't. And that's fine, too. I'm listening to this. I cried on three different occasions. <laughs> listening to this entire album front to back. And I'm on my third go. In the same day, there is something going on that he's doing that he's releasing um, that is so intimate and personal. It just no, no, this I don't give I don't give pause off often. I love RTJ is going to release a song pretty soon. Black Star just released Mad Lib is the producer. You're talking about rap porn at that point after 25 years of Black Star. We're about to have a big year. Um. This summer might be the summer of the baddies. This might be the summer where hip-hop gets taken back over by the guys who fucking built it in a lot. And I'm not talking about old school KRS, Cool Herc, blah, blah, blah. I'm saying this wave of hip-hop that's about to happen is going to take it away from the the youngins. And they're going to put it back squarely in the lap of the dads. And these are the dads, man. These are the gentlemen that earned it. And fuck, listen to this album. And if you tell me you don't talk about the track we're about to hear, this is sorry. I just go on and on. I'm sorry. It's fine. This is the first track on the album. By the way, this is my pearl (laughs) wisdom. Yeah, well, I know. I think Kendrick's bringing the pearls. Um, That man has learned a lot in five years, and he admits as much. He's done bad, he's done good, he's contemplated, and he brought us his brain on an album that is a masterpiece. That's all I can say. This shit's called United in Grief. It's the first track. I hate to be bass and do the first track, not deep cut. Uh, But you're going to hear all these tracks all summer long. Yes. This one expressly struck me as being musically, compositionally interesting, what he's saying is interesting. Um, I I don't know, Bobby. Should we just play more than we should play to get to the bridge? Uh, I mean, or no? We got to be careful with that. But I mean, I'd rather have us pull the episode down. I think it's important enough. Yeah, we'll play some 
We'll play an extended we gotta, version. We got to get it to the point where the track changes yeah. and the drums come I mean, in. it bums me out because as a podcaster... But we're... we're I can go to YouTube and I can hear this entire right. fucking thing. Well, you know yes I mean? and no. But like if the we album, react from beginning to it, it. If we react to it. And we are reacting to it. So there shouldn't be any, any We drama. are contractually bound as podcasters only able to give you guys 30, 30 seconds, seconds of this. Um, so if you don't tell, we I won't might, tell. I might play with that a little bit, okay, for sure. Because um, I'm sorry, I just said Beth Gleason. It's Beth Gibbons. Gibbons. I but Portishead, and uh, and that song that in and of itself whoa. will wreck your fucking life. After this, I'm gonna have Bobby sit down and listen to me about the the relationship um, track, which I've never heard anything like this in music ever in the history let's check out a little piece of united in grief the opening track it's not that bad no it is it's not sad it's just thoughtful yeah anyways this is off mr morale and the big steppers this is available on kendrick lamar dot link and lp and yeah yeah dot to or whatever just google kendrick lamar that shit will I don't know up. if you've heard of it. If you um, haven't, then right welcome. Now, you, right now, all you can get is the web yeah. uh, version of this. You can't get it on vinyl. You can't get it on CD right now. No. Or whatever. Boys and girls. This is all digital shit. Go put um, some earbuds in and walk down the street yeah. and just live. Yeah. This isn't party music. This is living. And send, send your boys some money. They... <laughs> They don't make a lot of money off fucking selling records, unfortunately, anymore. So. No, Kendrick does okay, though. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. He's going on a tour this summer. <laughs> yeah, he All is. All right, guys, this is United in Grief. want to explain what just happened so we <laughs> left you guys to cut in 30 seconds of that song and then yeah. we listened to half the album so yeah um i don't know man i don't know how to like really describe one here and yet i'm gonna take some time to digest this album um but, there are tracks on this album that will profoundly affect i don't give a fuck who you are yeah i don't care where you're from yeah. i don't care what you've been through because you've been through some of the, this stuff. Oh, my God. And I think it's important, man. Kendrick's an important artist to talk about. Shit, man. Um, this is good. This might go down. Before as, this. Way before this. You Bad know. Guy Mad City. You know, if you're talking about Section 8 nope. um, he Damn. If you're talking about his, his discography, um, there was no doubt he was a talented guy. Yeah. Now it feels like he paired up wisdom with understanding beats. And um I 
I am at a loss, man. I listen to this, yeah, I mean, and I'm at a loss. To get his collaborators to buy into what he's doing and not just be, I'm sure, of course, being attached to a Kendrick album yeah. means something to these Even people. Even Kodak Black said it. But to be paired up and artistically be on board with what he's doing is kind of cool, man. Like It, it speaks cool. volumes about like who yeah. he is and how respected he is in the community 100%. to be able to get people to come on and not just contribute, but to collaborate. Yeah, man. And, and he had a lot this of... This isn't featured artist shit. No, no, it's collaborative. To They're 100%. not doing a verse. He's not paying people to feature on their tracks so he can get clicks. No. People are wanting to be on KDOT shit because it's Kendrick. Yeah. And um, whew, that album fucks me up. I can't listen to that all the time. It gets me in a certain mood. Yeah. Um, it is powerful juju. It's powerful juju. Um, and if you don't like it, you don't like it. That's fine. Whatever. Yeah, for sure. Um, we just won't ever be friends. I guess. <laughs> um, that being said, I think it's time we get to our portals of wisdom. Yeah. Right? Do you have? Are you um, I got a real you, quick one. You got um, sexy time? Why don't you go first? Are you sure? I'm 100% sure. Uh the one thing this album, like, it's very hard, like, for us to sit down and listen to a, an album, uh, like old people used to do, where they put plastic on a machine with a needle and then sounds came out. I know, just follow me. Um, it used to be traditional to just sit and listen to music. Um, I did that with this album. And it led me to reflection, which is what Kendrick's talking about, is reflection. And I think I, I'm going to make now, and I'll put it on my Apple calendar, that I will reflect once a month, at least on some stuff. We get caught up in bullshit. I get caught up. I look up and it's May. I look up and it's August. I look up and the calendar changed. That's because we're old and that's what we do now. I need to sit down focused and think. And the reflection that I heard from this young man, there's no excuses for me to not reflect. Um, we've talked about it a little bit before, but um, I think... 10 minutes of reflection from yourself equals 10 months of not reflecting on yourself. So take a moment. I'm not saying look in the mirror, but just think about what's going on in your life right now. Unfettered, no noise. Be with yourself and see what happens. Absolutely. Um, if you're hearing my words and you're hearing Aaron's words, then you're with us in the bad timeline. You're in the dark, <laughs> dark, dark timeline. We're all in this together, and we're all In the dark fucked. timeline? We're in the dark timeline. And we're, we're fucked. We're fucked. Good. However. Can we be fucked together? That being said, togetherness is a big fucking deal. Yeah, man. Let's do it together. Yeah, bro. And who says we can't make something beautiful out of the darkest timeline? Even if it's just watching the most 
beautiful sunset that you've ever seen as the world blows up. Right. Can we do it together? A la Can we fight sit club. on a ridge somewhere and just realize that we met each other in a really yeah, weird time? We can. In a really weird timeline? We can. And just enjoy so we could turn on some Kendrick. We could sit on the ridge, watch Hogs back turn into dust. <laughs> that the, sounds kind of rad, by the way. You know what I mean? We're going to go full fucking Chuck yeah. Palahniuk. Little Fucking little pound pound Newick, is that how you say? I don't know. I don't know. Man. He's a shitty writer. Nobody knows. He's a shitty how to Say his name. Everyone knows that guy, but we're in the office of a much better artist. <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't for Fight Club, no one would know who the fuck Chuck Paul Newick was. I I don't even know if that's what you're saying. Paul Newick. Paul Newick. Pa- pa- whatever. Pound sand. Yeah. Let's bounce. <laughs> 